Are you struggling to make money with your website? Well, in this episode, we talked to Mike BT, whose niche site earned $180,000 last year. And he shares what life changes that he had to make that led to that success. We chat about how many websites generated this revenue, his focus on SEO and site structure, particularly for the best chances of success, and how he learned how to monetize the blog effectively. And most importantly, how he utilizes link building and outreach to gain very high quality backlinks. This is a good listen, so don't miss out on these valuable insights that Mike shares. Enjoy. And if you want help to build your side hustle to over $100,000 in revenue, be sure to go check out oneblogaway.co. That's oneblogaway.co. There I have a free course that you can check out and have the opportunity to work with me one-on-one. Now let's get into the video. And welcome back to the Blog Revolution. My name is Chris, and we have the privilege of speaking with Mike Beatty from maketimeonline.com. Mike, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, no problem, man. We go, a lot of people may not know this, but we, we kind of go way back, you know, and uh, I remember coming across you a long time ago with your podcast and uh, just listening to you all the time. And then we were able to chat a few times and it was, it was really, you know, interesting because I, I found someone I can kind of grow up with, you know, <laughs> in this space, which was really awesome. So I appreciate you just giving me the time of day at the time because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> Well, to be honest, I thought you knew everything when I spoke to you. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. So it's like the blind leaving the blind, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's rewind a little bit, if you don't mind, Mike, and give people a little bit of a background as to how you got into the uh, you know affiliate website space, SEO, and all of that fun stuff. Sure, yeah. Um, so it was, it was probably about 2017. I actually remember we were sat down in my parents' living room um, with my wife no kids at the time and we were just like we were doing loads of stuff because we, we were international teachers so we'd been like it was 2015 we moved abroad we moved to Qatar from the UK originally um, and we were just back in the summer holiday and we were just like chatting about some of the stuff that we we're doing like we traveled to something like I don't know 20 25 countries in the space of two years that we'd moved away and we were saving money for the first time I was like reading a ton of books i was learning about businesses and things like that i was just super excited about all this potential in the world that i'd never seen before because when you're just stuck in the grind and particularly in london like in it's busy it's rainy it's cold you, you just you just full on all the time and it's just to get by um so we were just super excited about all this stuff that we've been doing and learning and things like that uh, and, and i just sat sat down in my parents living room and just said hey says should, should we should we start a blog? I had no idea what a blog was at this time, to be totally honest. I just, it was more like, as in, I just wanted to write down some things that I was learning so we could look back on it in the future, you know, rather than just Facebook or Instagram, where yeah. you it's just hard to find stuff in the past on Facebook, unless it comes up on memories and things like that. And, and who sits there on Instagram and scrolls back like five years ago or 10, 20 years so I was thinking like it would be a place where it will just be there forever. Um, and we just got hooked up on like a wordpress.com, you know, like a free website. And I was just writing, we just wrote one thing per week. Didn't really even tell anyone about it, you know, just more for ourselves. And then slowly through that year, started figuring out, oh, people make money from blogs. I was like, how do they do this? And then, you know, start reading income reports. I think it was like Michelle Schroeder Gardner and um, Pat Flynn and people like that, you know, some of the some of the OGs in the space where like they're sharing their income reports. I was like, 
people are not only making money, people are making like insane money from this. And it's like, okay. yeah. So it just became, just went down a rabbit hole of trying to figure out how they do it. Um, ended up doing Wealthy Affiliate, which I think is how I stumbled across you like years ago. So that would have been maybe 2018 when I, when I first took that, took that course and things. And um, yeah, and then I guess the rest is history. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. I I remember that time. I like I started in 2015, but didn't take it seriously until like 2017 or so. Yeah. And then from then, you know, I had a couple of sites do really well, and uh, was starting making some decent money with it. And you know, it worked out well. But I still was just throwing stuff at the wall at that point, you know. And some things were working, but a lot of stuff wasn't. And but I you know, I learned a lot from it. But um, it's good to see you know like someone who kind of came from the same background as me is like kind of doing you know, so well with it right now. Um, what do you think was the the factor that made you like, you know what, I need to do something other than what I was doing. And and that's what made you start looking for another option to make income. Um, yeah, well, I mean, like the, the free website, there was no intention of monetizing it. I didn't even know it was possible to monetize a blog at that stage. So then it was then as I was learning about other stuff, I was like, I quite enjoy this. Like, you know, I've, I've never, I, at school, I hated English. I hated writing. Um, but the more I was like reading and learning, the more I realized how, you know, words are so important and being able to write and do marketing of some sort is going to be important no matter what business you get into. And at the time, yeah. I didn't know what business I wanted to get into. So, um, yeah, that was, that was more the thing, more the cases that I was like, I just want to learn marketing. I, again, I wasn't really like, I want to make tons of money from my first website. I came on the mindset of like, I just want to learn, you know, I just want to, however I can, whatever course I can afford or whatever people's brains I can pick, um, you know, that that's how I just wanted to learn. So I think I actually started a, um, it was it was through Pinterest. Pinterest marketing was what really, it was like my first little bit of success where, um, you know, back before, I think it was in 2018 or 2019 where it became like a, um, an actual legit company and it just started becoming like pay to play. Whereas mm-hmm. before that, you, you could just get so much free traffic almost in any space. And so I had one on like yoga and keto and I was just trying to pick up, I was just copying anything I saw that was on Pinterest and working well and just kind of reverse engineering what other people were doing. Um, and so, you know, start getting like a few viral pins and some of them could go crazy, you know, like an individual pin, you could end up getting 30, 50,000 clicks, you know, in a few days, almost like it, it was made, it was like crazy how, how quick it would happen. So I had all these plans of like, oh, I could create a course and sell this and do all that sort of stuff. Um, and then it just changed almost overnight and yeah. the traffic you could get was just completely wiped out and, um, so yeah, that was the stage where I was like, right, I need to learn something else. <laughs> so that, that's when I kind of started doing more SEO, and that's where Make Time Online, because I was always I was always doing Make Time Online, and I was having chats with people on the podcast, but I wasn't really doing any, wasn't really trying to again, I wasn't really mon- trying to monetize it or anything like that. It was just more I wanted to, as I, as I was saying to you before we hit record, like I just wanted to pick people's brains for free. <laughs> it was completely yeah. selfish while I was doing the podcast. But then I was like, I could probably do some SEO and like do some, you know, get some traffic in the space by writing different articles. And so I just ended up doing that and like going crazy with what I was doing with that. And um, 
And I just realized that when the first time you get like some traffic from Google and it comes to your website and then it comes again the next next month and the next month and the next month and you can see the consistency. It's just, it's a crazy feeling the first time you do it. And so it just becomes addictive. And then it's like, right, what, how can I monetize this now? And what, what can I do with it? Um, yeah, and then the, that kind of led me down the path of leading, uh, learning loads about SEO and all that side of things. And then, yeah, then I've got one main other website now that I kind of focus on more than Make Time Online or any of the other little side projects that I had on the on the go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that focus is, is big. You know, focus is tough, especially when you're, you know, a lot of people who might be listening to this already have, you know, a day job, a nine to five, and you're trying to fit building a niche site inside that time frame that you have, you know, any extra time that you have. And that's tough to do, right? And even with you, you said you noticed that with doing the podcast and the other, the Make Time Online, that, um, you were kind of getting, we talked about it before, you're kind of getting shiny object all the time and you weren't really focusing on what you were mainly talking about, right? So you started focusing on it more and it actually had some some good wins, which is really awesome. So since you bring up, you know, the, the niche site that you were uh, talking about, if you don't mind, just give us a little bit of where the site is now and uh, then we'll try to reverse engineer it from there. Cool, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've been running a, like a sport-based website since, I think I only published, it went live in like, January the 1st, 2021. So I was kind of working on it for a few months before that. Um, but because I already had a bit of knowledge this time, I was like, right, I, I want to make sure I set it up right from the start and, you know, I had a real plan of where I wanted it to go. So last year it made about 180K in revenue and I probably spent about 50K because I've been trying to build a team. It could have mm -hmm. been on much more of a shoestring budget, but it just kind of, I was just growing it as it was growing sort of thing. So it was always, always made sure there was enough profit in there. Um, and that's kind of where the situation is at now. It has been hit in December and like in a bit of a Google update. Um, I think I've got a few ideas as to why and like, and it is it's definitely started to, it's coming back up a little bit now. So, um, but it's still, it's still making a decent amount of money each month. Yeah, no, that is, first of all, congratulations, Mike. That is awesome. Um, that's not easy to do, you know, and uh, you were able to figure it out and, and get there. So, you know, man, 180 or so thousand last year, you said it made in 2021? Uh, yeah, 2022. Yeah. 2022, sorry. Yeah, man, yeah. That's, that's still that's still pretty good. So the blog is about what, just over two years old, two and a half years old? Yeah, so it's just, just two. Yeah, I mean, that was considering like that it got to that stage, you know, by by the end of year one, I think in like month, I can't remember exactly, but month 12 or 13, it was making like five figures a month. And nice. I blew my mind at like the potential. And it was like, how is this even possible? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been crazy seeing like the growth. And it's like, oh, this is what everyone keeps talking about all this time, all these <laughs> chats that I've been having. This is what other people have been experiencing. And again, it was like very strategically put together. You know, it was like, I had real articles where I was like, this is how it's going to make money and this is why I'm producing these articles. And it's just like nothing else. It's just trying to, it's, it's aiming for quality over quantity all the time, basically. Yeah, Which, yeah. Is it what I was doing before? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me ask you, do you think that that is, okay, what do you think is the biggest contributing factor to having that kind of growth within a 12 or so month period? Um. 
I've got, I think I've, I've, there's a few, there's a lot of luck. There's always luck that goes into anyone, like anyone with a, a business that's done well in quite a short amount of time. Um, there's always luck that goes into it. You know, there's the timing, you know, there's real world situations that might be going, you know, it's kind of, kind of coming off the back of COVID and things like that. Um, so th there's those sort of things that come into play. Um, there's also maybe like just slightly untapped at that stage, whereas it's getting more and more competitive and um, every, every space is getting more and more competitive. It's, it's important to be aware of that, but it doesn't mean that there's still not the opportunity in pretty much tons and tons of different spaces. It's just trying to find your angle and, and your voice. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think just focusing on rather than trying to, I don't have a content schedule, basically all of the, the advice that a lot of people will suggest, which, which is not bad advice to someone that's starting. I would put it, I would say that though, it's good to try and get, build the habits and the consistency and things like that. And when you start it, you just have no idea what you're doing. And so, um, you can just do nothing for a long period of time. So it's important to try and keep that consistency at the start. But once you kind of know what's going on, then it's just more about just trying to map out what you want to do and then just trying to get there. And it's, it's not a race to get there. It's just, can you do it as well as possible? Um, you know, and I've been trying to build a team around me as well. So rather than, you know, hiring five writers at once, which could have been possible, it's just hire one really good writer who might cost five times as much as what like other people yeah. might. And, but it's, it's more with like the long-term vision in mind sort of thing and trying to build like a, a long-term sustainable business rather than just something that ranks and then tanks a few, a few months later. Yeah. Now you said that, um, you know, focus was a big deal for you, right? Because you had a lot of other things going on and I know a lot of people can relate. I, for sure, you know, with so many distractions in the world and especially with blogging, there's so much busy work, right? That we can do to actually get nothing done. And yeah. we feel like we did something, but then we're looking back at our sites, you know, six months later and we're like, how come we're not getting any traffic? Um, what did you do to kind of help focus, refocus yourself to make sure that you can continue with the growth that you've experienced? Yeah, so um, there's a part of the story which I didn't mention as well, is that, again, before we had kids, so it would have been 2019, I took a year off work. And that was only possible because my wife was going to work and things like that. And, you know, we, like I say, I didn't have kids. Uh, what I didn't realize is how much different life is <laughs> once you've had kids. And I know you obviously oh, started gosh. with your stuff with, with Benji. Was it, was it, is it Benji? Yeah, Benji. So yeah. I know that you you would have had a totally different experience and hats off to, to you and anyone that does it when you have particularly young kids. It's just like, I don't really know if I would have been able to do this <laughs> like with a full-time job and young kids, it that definitely changes things. But I kind of realized I had a, a little bit of a window where it was like, I could get like a, a whole heap done if I really focus and trying to split my focus between my day job and that and you know just juggling so many different things in life um i found that really tough so taking that year definitely really helped but then during that year that was when i was like i can't just mess around in, <laughs> in this time um to be fair I, I didn't even come up with the idea of my, my current website 
whilst I was during that year, just because I ended up becoming a busier and busier fool. Um, so, you know, I was like, I had a podcast, I was trying to do Pinterest, I was trying to do SEO, I was trying to do, trying to do bits of YouTube, but not really anything properly. Um, email list, you know, you name it. I was doing a Facebook group, absolutely everything oh, you can possibly <laughs> think of. I was trying to do all of it completely by myself without outsourcing anything. And I was just like, I'm, I'm making the same amount of money pretty much as what I was before I even took this year off. <laughs> I was like, what, what is the point? And so I just kind of stopped and I was like, right, what broke everything down? I was like, what am I doing? What is working? What isn't working? Um, what do I enjoy doing? And trying to like really assess, came up with the strategy. And then because I was going back to work, I was kind of like, what? Well, I need, I need to outsource this with, with a baby on the way. <laughs> so a lot of things were changing. And, it, and in fact, I've got way busier really since starting this website, but because I had the knowledge, the foundation, um, and I knew I wanted to outsource things and how to outsource things that kind of completely changed things rather than me doing a hundred percent of the work. It was like, I'm more like a, managerial position really now um i did a ton of it up front i did a, you know it wasn't until it was making money before i even outsourced any anything to anyone but um just that sole focus i dropped everything else i dropped absolutely everything else i think i had one writer on make time online who was still doing stuff um but apart from that i was like 100 percent focused on building this one website and only focusing on SEO, no other social media, no other anything else. Um, and just making sure I tried to give it as best chance as possible um, to, to have a good good first year. Yeah. Mike, did you have like a mentor to kind of show you these things or did you just kind of just figure it out on your own? Uh, no, I, I did take an, another course though. I, I took the authority site system around mm-hmm. that time. So that was really helpful just to have like a, again, it's just step-by-step system. To be honest though, I've taken so many different types of courses and things now over the years, um, particularly with Make Time Online, I was quite often, you know, looking at different people's courses and reviewing things and stuff like that. And what I would say that it more, which is more important than anything else, rather than what course it is, is just pick one and stick with it and follow it. Yeah. like to like a hundred percent because there are honestly so many ways to skin the cat Like you could just go after content and ads, you know, so like the John Dykstra sort of method of getting that low hanging fruit and just putting display ads on there and making, you know, I don't know, he makes like seventy, hundred thousand dollars a month. Yeah, something ridiculous. <laughs> um, but then you've got authority site system, which is more like them. They focus more on like affiliate and, mm-hmm. Um, like roundup reviews and those sort of things. Um, and again, that works. <laughs> and then, you know, you have other courses which kind of will show you like how to build a course or an email list and a course and things like that. And again, that can work, but it's trying to figure out like what suits you and what is going to be, like who you resonate with as well. And it, I, I honestly don't think it really matters which one it is that you do you know you've got income school and there's tons of that i could like list off loads of other people that have something obviously your course and community and things like that it really doesn't matter who it is just find someone that you resonate with and stick with what their plan is like a hundred percent for as long yeah. as possible 
Um, and then once you actually start finding some success, that's when you can like innovate a little bit and then find your voice and find like what it is that you're doing differently to everyone else in the niche and things like that. Um, but there's no need to like completely try and do everything by yourself. But yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't really have like a mentor or coach as such. It was just more support in different communities. And, and obviously I'd, I'd done the podcast and spoken to a ton of people that were doing crazy good things. So I'd reach out, I had a bit of a network where I could reach out to people if ever I got stuck with anything. But um, yeah, I didn't do anything special. That's for sure. Yeah. Man, I, I really do appreciate you saying that, too, because it's like, you know, sometimes because, you know, we might be online and we're on YouTube and we listen to podcasts and everything, you know, you might think that there's only a handful of people who are doing this SEO thing and doing the affiliate marketing thing. But like we were talking before we, we started, we hit the record button, you know, for every you know, one person, you know, including me, you know, online talking about this stuff, there's a hundred to 200 SEOs who are, you know, probably doing a million times better than, you know, other bus combined, you know, and uh, it's just one of those things where, you know, it, 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 that focus is so necessary. And it's something that you, you know, you don't want to branch out too much too fast. People think about, Oh, I need to diversify this. I need to diversify that. No, you need to get a foothold in one place first, and then you can kind of branch out from there. Would you agree with that? Hundred percent. Yeah. There's um. There's a guy in that community as well, Kevin Espiritu, who has like a garden. Oh yeah, the garden site. Yeah, and it's amazing what he's done. It, like, it, we're talking like he, he got funding for something like seventeen million or something ridiculous. So it's it's just insane. It's like unthinkable numbers from when you first start but he started the same way you know like i think it was 2013 2014 or something when he started yeah. like maybe even a bit later you know uh you know and he his goal was to make like two thousand dollars a month so he could uh quit his job or something so <laughs> you know like it's just it's insane i think i saw him post something the other day actually saying something like he, he turned display ads off um which were making him something like thirty thousand dollars a month just because Only? they want to focus, they they don't want to send people elsewhere now. So he's just turned off thirty thousand dollars a month because it's not good enough. <laughs> so like, that just kind of gives you an idea of like the sort of numbers that he's doing. But I really like his advice on do one thing. So if you if it is SEO, once you start getting traffic from that, then if it is a podcast that you want to do, just look at what articles are getting traffic and then yeah. create a podcast and insert it there. And then that kind of leads those people that find you on Google onto your podcast. And then if you want to do YouTube, you know, same thing, embed the video on those articles, um, mention your YouTube on your podcast, combine your podcast and your YouTube. Uh, and then once that's going, then if it's like Instagram, TikTok, then figure out how you make the shorts and those sort of things. And so rather than doing everything all at once, um, you know, you, you can sort of scale it by using each platform to help each other, which is kind of the stage where I'm at now. I have, I'm still really only focused on SEO and affiliate marketing. That's pretty much. Yeah. And depending on how much money you're trying to make, that's really all you need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. for most part. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly it. Um, but what I would say on that point is that, I know it's really hard if you're first if, if you're listening to this and you're only just starting it's really hard to hear people say these numbers and think that you're like worthy of <laughs> these numbers and things like yeah. that but it's it's weirdly just as hard to make like 500 dollars a month 
than it is to make five figures a month. Um, and this is, like, I'll say that and some people will be like, that makes no sense. <laughs> it, it doesn't really make, it doesn't make sense when you're first starting. But by, when I say it's just as hard as in, like when I took that year off, I was working something like 70 hour work weeks, at least. I was thinking about it all the time, like 100% of the mm-hmm. time I was thinking about it. Whereas now I have two small kids that are under three, a full-time job, and that I'm running this business sort of on the side. And I put hardly anywhere near, like maybe 10 hours a week, if I'm lucky, <laughs> like is, is, you know, significantly less time for me. It's just that I know what I'm doing now. And so yeah. that's, that's kind of the difference. Obviously there's tons of stuff I don't know. I'm fully aware of that. Um, but it is, it's crazy how it's not necessarily that much different or like that much harder to make a crazy amount of money. It's just the strategy and the implementation and how you actually go about it, um, which separates like websites that don't really do anything and websites that do really well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. No, that's, that's, that's very great advice. <laughs> very good advice for sure. Um, all right. So let's jump into a little bit of your keyword research. So um, what did you do to get uh, that, that amount of traffic to your site? Well, about how much traffic is your site getting per month or so? Now, before we get back to the podcast, are you a website owner looking to make more money with your website? Well, look no further than Ezoic. Using machine learning, Ezoic creates personalized ad experiences for every visitor on your website, increasing the revenue while also balancing the user experience. I use Ezoic on my sites, and I think you should as well. And with Ezoic ads, publishers can connect with money-making popular ad networks and exchanges, completely streamlining the process for getting ads onto your site quickly and with little intervention on your part. Plus, with AI optimization and mediation, bloggers and publishers make more money and keep people on their sites longer, which is good for your website's SEO. So unlock the true earning potential of your website by enrolling your site with Ezoic ads. Whether you're a beginner or a seasoned publisher, start your free trial over at Ezoic.com. That's E-Z-O-I-C.com. Now, let's get back to the episode. Right now, it's like I say, it's kind of been hit, so maybe 35,000 a month. But I think at its peak, it was pushing more like 100,000. So nice. it, it's probably like consistently was getting somewhere around 70,000 before the December update. So it's around 50% of where it was. Um, so it just, again, it shows you like, it doesn't have to be crazy high numbers. I remember sharing something with someone before and they were like, that means that you're like, RPM because they obviously were just making money from an ad network or something where if you get like $15, $20, that's amazing. It was like your RPM must be like $700 or something. I was like, yeah. And is, is that, is that special or something? I, was like, I wasn't even sure. Uh, he was like, that's, that's insane. Like, you, just, you must just be making it up. I was like, well, I'm not. <laughs> like, uh, you can, you know, I, I think I'd shared screenshots in this post and everything of like what I was saying, but it it's just how you monetize it. It's like what keywords it is that you're doing. Um, you know, if it is something like your own course or even something like a lead gen, you know, if you were, um, for example, if you were in pest control, I, I heard Shane Dykstra, I think his name is on, on a podcast recently. 
Um, and I've spoken to him a few times before. He was kind of saying how he was doing like pest control niche and he was making a ton of money from like lead generation. So anyone that lands on the website, he just had like widgets and he'd send them off to this pest control company who every lead that he'd send, he'd make X amount of money or something. And kind of, it kind of ended up getting like a retainer for it and you could you know, you could charge like $10,000 a month, depending on how many leads that you, is that you're sending mm-hmm. and how much they're worth. So it, 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 it could only be like a hundred people that he's sending, but if those hundred people, 10 of them buy $5,000 pest control things, then you've just made them like $50,000 from a hundred people. And so it, it's kind of just changed your mindset a little bit and rather, rather than always thinking about, more traffic means more money it's like with the traffic that you have how can you make more um but equally if you haven't got much traffic you you kind of just you do need to just focus on getting that traffic first because it's Mm -hmm. it's hard to do anything when you haven't got any traffic or anything anything going so yeah it's, it's kind of like chicken and egg thing yeah, I always um, recommend to like, uh, especially in my one blog away community, I tell people all the time, <coughs> excuse me, this cough, um, that you should kind of like when it comes to ads, that should be like a byproduct of going after, you know, the more affiliate heavy type terms. Um, because, I mean, I don't want to depend on display ads. I had a case study about a year and a half ago, two years ago. And the idea was just to go after display ads. I didn't do anything with affiliates or anything on it. And when the traffic didn't come to the site, you know, very quickly, you know, it was kind of just a waste of time. It felt like, you know, um, versus a site that can get a third or a quarter of that amount of traffic yet make 10 times as much <laughs> because is you're going after the right terms. So yeah. like in terms of your keyword research, like, were you just going after all best of type stuff? Were you going after informational posts? What kind of a split did you have in order to make so much with, with what you, with so little ethically? Yeah. Again, I think um, it's quite a common mistake that I see people make when they're early on is just kind of worrying about like the percentage ratio of like info to commercial content and things like that. Uh, it, it roughly is about 50, 50, I would say. And most of the commercial side of things are like, Roundup reviews are best of articles. Um, but yeah, no, I, from from day one, I had a very clear idea of where I wanted to take the website. And so it never really, it never really became too much of an issue about making sure I had like really spot on keyword research and stuff like that done right at the start. I had a very clear idea of what I wanted to include. And it was kind of like, I'm probably going to write about these articles no matter how competitive they are. And then from there have supporting content. So um, to try and explain that, uh, let's just go with the pest control niche. Let's go with the garden niche, as we mentioned that already. So if you're going to do something like, uh, I don't know, what's, what's what's a really common gardening something that someone would buy I guess um, a rake <laughs> a, a pot you know a, a pot yeah so a plant pot so if you're going to say best plant pot of 2023 or whatever it is um that might be a super competitive like you know everyone targets that keyword because everyone thinks of it it's the really obvious thing that everyone's going to do but that's the one where you would like to get ranking on google but right at the start you're probably not going to be able to 
So mm-hmm. underneath there, you'd have as many that you can think of as possible, like secondary ones. So it could even be, depending on how big the keyword is, it could be best small plant pots for, or best plant pots for small gardens, or best plant pots for uh, commercial buildings, or best plant pots for massive gardens, or what, you know, like there's tons of sort of sub keywords that can come off there. And like, you can just extend the, like the, the seed keyword, so the the main target keyword that you're going for, and you can get tons of stuff off there. Or it might even just be slightly different things. I'm not sure like, if there's a different name for a plant pot, you know, like a, a small, yeah. like best small containers for your plants. <laughs> I don't know, like the, if there might just be something like that where it's still very, very much related to it. Um, and just trying to cover it in as much depth as possible. Because when, when you do that, then you're just sending a very strong signal to Google that this website clearly knows about plant pots. Um, and then on your informational side of things is like how to care for your plants, you know, and then that links to the plant pot because you probably need to put your plant in here and and when to like reseed, you know, or if you like your plant gets too big, how do I change it into another plant pot or something like that? And again, just trying to think of as many different keywords as possible to do with plant pot. And so you've covered that whole topic as thoroughly as possible. Um, and if you have like four main hubs like that, then all of a sudden it just means that your website is very, very focused. It's very, very helpful for anyone that's finding anything about plant pot or spade or whatever it is that, you know, the four main hubs that you're going for. Um, and you've covered the topic thoroughly. So if they had any question, they'd be able to find it on your website. Um, if they wanted to find a different type of product about anything related to it, they can find the exact best one for them, depending on their their needs and their situation. And so it rather than just thinking of it like an algorithm all the time, it's just trying to actually think of what a user would actually want when they come to the website. Uh, and that makes it much easier to kind of like structure your website in a way which is actually helpful for someone that's that's kind of stumbled across it. Yeah. So you're building your site for your audience, not just for a search engine, I guess you can say. Exactly, yeah. Um, um, and and again, like if you if you go on like Hrefs or I'm not sure if you recommend any like keyword research tools or anything. I know Hrefs has changed so much with the pricing; it's become a bit crazy. Yeah. It's um. I mean. I still use Ahrefs. I don't necessarily recommend it to someone who's brand new. Yeah. Um, I normally just send them to like a keyword chef, a low fruits, something like that, you know, just to find out some yeah, yeah. low competition stuff. But then kind of similar to you, you know, going after kind of that, that, that pie in the sky article that you might not ever rank for. Yeah. But then if you can send traffic to it from the other articles that, that you write and you interlink to it well, then it'll end up getting propped up. Um, and that kind of sounds like what you were doing with like a nice little content hub or silo of category, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then just being able to cover that topic so well is by answering this question, answering that question, and then doing smaller best ofs that links to the bigger best of. Yeah. I think that that's an excellent strategy, and yeah, definitely it's it's worked for you so far. You know, yeah, I mean, so we, that's that's amazing. We only really have like five content hubs like that. You know, kind of all based off that main seed keyword, and every article has kind of come underneath one of them so far. And so it's like you just they're always propping that one up 
Um, because people often talk about things like backlinks and things like that. Whereas I think any link from Google is at least a sign that an article is good. And so even if you just mm-hmm. keep on sending more and more internal links from relevant articles yourself, it's just, you just keep sending that signal to Google, like this article, that like, this is the article, <laughs> look at this article, you know, that's, that's what you're doing. just feeding it. Like this article is really good. See, we link to it again and see someone else link to it again. If you're getting backlinks and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think that's really important. But also when you, when you, when you end up using any tool, it doesn't matter which one it is, if it's Ahrefs or a cheaper version, um, what I always end up finds happening is you end up going down a rabbit hole, which starts leading you astray from what you actually, your original plan was. Um, just for example, so if we are talking about plant pots and things like that, you end up like reverse engineering another website. So you find another website that's quite small, similar size to yours, and you end up seeing that they're ranking for stuff. And so you find out what they are ranking for and what pages they've written. Um, and then you end up finding something like, I don't know if you ever heard of Alan Titchmarsh, but he's like a famous gardener in the UK. Um, and you end up finding things like, how much does Alan Titchmarsh earn? Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's like, he, just because he's a gardener, that has nothing to do with what your site's about, but people end up going down it and then you end up going down further and further. And then the, your, your website starts ranking for um, how much does so-and-so earn. And so they start reading, writing about how much does, you know, Shaquille O'Neal and, and like you know all all kinds of stuff it's like that's not even nearly relevant you know and it's just that small one change all of a sudden starts confusing Google but also confuses your audience just confuses everyone and so um, it's definitely always a good idea to just try and keep your own brain thinking about where you want the website to go rather than just trying to find as many low-hanging fruit keywords as possible using the tool yeah and that's exactly you know a a point that i've gone through myself but um there's other you know uh uh, trainings out there that pretty popular one that just say go straight for low competition keywords and that's it right all these zero volume net zero volume net and what they're finding is that a lot of people will do that they'll write 200 articles and then they only got 10,000 page views to their site per month and they're wondering why and it's because they never reached outside of those low competition words and actually went for something because I mean how many times have you written something that you probably have no business ranking for and you end up ranking for it just because you took the shot right and uh, I I think that's a kind of a fallacy for just going after low competition stuff yeah no I've got I've got to say as well like some of those articles that you know I, I it was some of the, the the first 10 articles that I wrote, I think there was maybe like seven best of articles and three like ultimate guides. And ultimate guides were just there purely as like informational, helpful things that I never intended to rank for. And I think all three of those articles, which were just massive long shots, you know, like super competitive, um, all three of them rank now or like, or, and did quite quickly as well, like much quicker than what I thought. Even when I had built hardly any backlinks, there was no real authority on the website. Um, yeah, no, I just found found that fascinating how, you know, they were really well thought out, or I thought they were really thought, well thought out articles. Um, and like, I didn't do anything like, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't using things like Surfer SEO. It's not like I was trying to, <laughs> keyword stuff and put all of that sort of stuff in. I just thought about the article. I, you know, I looked at the competition, saw what else was out there, kind of thought, what would I want to see as a user? And again, like that's that's something that's quite important about this space is I actually am 
a customer in this space. So I yeah. have read other articles in this space before and come away feeling like, ah, oh, no, it's not what I really wanted to get from it. And so I already knew what I wanted to get from it. And I just made sure I do that on like, all of the articles. And so that's kind of, that's quite important as well is um, just having a bit of an interest. Even if you're not passionate about it, at least be interested enough to just go like a level deeper than what the average writer would. I think that's so important. Or even nowadays with the average AI tool will create, yeah, right? Well, exactly. like, I, I actually, in some ways feel like it's, it's not definitely not easier. That's not the right word. It's going to become super competitive, but it is almost easier to stand out, you know, just by just put your own opinion in there. And all of a sudden your article will be different to anyone else's because they're just using AI random facts and things like that. And just, make sure that you make it clear that you're a human being like mention your dog and your yeah you know your kids and your wife and you know whatever it is just anything just to show that you're you're a real human being add some jokes in there you don't need to be funny i'm i would never have classed myself as like a funny person but the more you do this sort of stuff the more you figure out oh yeah that that would be quite funny and whenever you're writing whenever you finish an article i always just think have I made myself laugh at some stage, even if it doesn't make anyone else laugh? Is there a point? Yeah. I'm like that bit. Yeah. I found that quite funny. <laughs> so I always just, and the more that you do that, the more you naturally just slot it in rather than having to go back and edit and kind of force a joke in somewhere that doesn't really make sense. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I know we're getting close to the end, but that's some great information there because we got to find some ways in to separate ourselves. Um, but one last question. I know you mentioned you mentioned earlier how uh, you were building links. And I know I, I, I need to ask that question. So how are you building links? Are you building links on, on your niche site? How is that going? Yeah, I think. And again, this is probably where a bit of luck comes in. Um, I think at the start, I was using Help a Reporter out, Harrow, quite mm-hmm. a lot. And so that was... Um, I got some really good links really early on to the website. And so that almost just gave it that little bit of boost and authority quite quickly to help it kind of get out of the sandbox. And, you know, it was maybe like month six or seven where it was starting to make its first trickle of money and it just kind of was snowballing at that stage. Um, so that was, that was really good. Uh, I think Matt Diggity has a really good, like it's a three minute video on the types of links that you need, where he talks about power, which I believe comes from like, I think it's power, relevance, and I can't remember the other one, maybe authority or something. But authority mm-hmm. is what I just spoke about there. So I use Help a Reporter for like the authority, you know, your big DR90 sites that can, you know, move the needle for you. I think they're they're quite important early on just because if you're getting links from very high authority websites that's a clear sign to google that you're someone to be looked at you're not just uh, you know a crappy affiliate site then the like the relevancy is kind of simple enough you need links from people in the same sort of niche as you so that's where guest mm-hmm. posts will come in useful so if you can write some guest posts on websites and in a similar space to you that's really, really helpful because you're just showing, you know, a website that's similar to yours on an article that's similar to the sort of articles you have linking back to an article that's similar to that article. It just shows a really good connection between all of that. 
And then the power, I think, is more like as in trying to get link insertions. So if you're doing outreach um, for guest posts, it, it's kind of a natural byproduct is that some people won't want a guest post, but they might take a link insertion. And that kind of, again, you can try and find like articles which are already getting quite a lot of, either got a lot of backlinks themselves or they've got a lot of power or um, traffic or something like that going to them. And if you insert a link onto an article that's already getting a ton of traffic, that gives your website that more power or the, the article you're linking back to more power. So if you kind of just try and focus on those three types of things, um, again, it's like the 80, 20, you know, there's tons of other stuff you can do like broken backlink building and all these kind yeah. of things. If you're already doing it and getting some, some success, then just double down on whatever it is that's working. But I mean, all we've ever really done is Harrow and outreach and that's kind of it. Um, and then just you do skyscraper like skyscraper. Yeah. Um, not really. Yeah. That doesn't really work so, so well anymore. It's more just, it, you know, if no one really cares, like if you've written a better article, <laughs> than something skyscraper. so it's like, they're not going to, I think, you know, the, the theory behind the skyscraper outreach was that you would make an article that's way better than something that's already ranking find out who's linking back to them and say, Hey, I've made a better article link, link to mine. Mm -hmm. now. And they're like, Hey, give me some money. <laughs> and then you're like, Oh, well that sucks. Um, and that, that's something as well. We've never bought a backlink just because really? more than anything else like I would pay for a backlink if someone asked me for money and it was a very, very good website, but it just knocks out 99.9% .9 of like link farms. Basically, if you don't pay for a, like if someone's going to link back to you without you paying, like giving them, physically sending them money um there's a very good chance that they make money in other ways like from affiliate or ad revenue or, or their own course or something like that um whereas anyone that says they're only going to give you a link if you pay them then that increases the chances in my eyes of them becoming like a link farm and they're just going to end mm -hmm. up linking to cbd sites casino sites all the sites that you don't really want to be involved with um and they just, they basically end, the only way they make money is by selling more links, pay them for, for a link. So they just become like a, an old school PBN basically. So yeah, mm -hmm. you just, I always, we just try and avoid those. Um, but yeah, the, the outreach is much more, again, just trying to make it seem like you're a real person, like, uh, just reaching out to them, try and find something that they might find valuable. So if you do have social media of some sort, um, something that can work quite well is saying, I'll create like five pins for you for this article. I see that this would be really good on Pinterest and we already get this many people that see us on Pinterest. I found that's worked a little bit in the past. Um, what you can also do as well is offer them a link in return, but not from like directly from your website. So mm -hmm. for example, say I've got a guest post on this garden website over here and i'd like a guest post on this old pensioners website over here or whatever then it's like on this guest post i could link to you from here if i'm allowed to write a guest post for you and then again on there you could maybe link to someone else it's a little bit gray hat i would say it's not like it's completely white hat but um at the end of the day people will people want something so you, you kind of have to figure out what is it that they want some people are not interested in a link but um maybe you've got an email list of like a thousand people 
and in the same sort of space and say, I will recommend like if they've got a course or a product, I'm happy to send an email out recommending your product if we can write a guest post on your article or if you can insert a link to us, bloody bloody blah. Yeah. It's just trying to figure mm-hmm. out what you can give other people. Um, and again, just try and make it seem like you're a real person rather than an AI robot. Yeah, there's a um a guy on YouTube who's an SEO, and one thing he always mentions when it comes to links is that they're like the 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 currency of the internet, hmm. right? So I thought that that was genius because it makes a lot of sense because, like you said, you're trying to just come up with something where it's not just a take take take, right? It's a give and take, and if you can come up with something, you will have to be creative. You know, there's not a necessarily a A B C D follow this, and you're going to get a link. Yeah. Um, you know, you, if you try to create relationships with people, and one thing that I've definitely realized is that when you do reach out to people manually, and then like you said, come across as a human being, not just a copy and pasted template email or whatever uh usually those links are going to be the better links right those are the ones that okay this is another person in my space that i can network with and uh, you'll be able to get a free link you know a lot of the times from there and i think it's amazing that you said you haven't you know purchased a link at all um i think i think uh the authority site or the authority hacker guys mentioned they took a poll and he said like 70 or 80 percent of seos buy links so the fact that you've gotten around that completely you don't have to worry about things like you mentioned uh link farms and something like that that's awesome more than anything else is it just it just gives us that peace of mind that if they are going to do it for free there's a good chance that they are making money in in another way more than anything else like i say if if the i know really good websites out there and if I could pay them like $50, $100, whatever, to get a link on their website. I 100% would. It's just that they don't normally, they just, they're the sort of website that just won't respond. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. know they, it's trying to find an individual that maybe works for that website. That's your best way to get in on like those bigger websites and things. It's not um, just a general outreach message is, is normally not going to cut it. Um, there's something I have seen starting to float around a little bit, and I bet this becomes like the, the popular tactic going forward, is um, I've seen people that get access to like DR 80, 90, site, or 70 plus sites, basically. But they're, they're kind of a crappy site. They probably mm-hmm. are link farms, from what I've seen. And what they do is that they go, they lead the outreach saying, would you like a link? You know, even the subject line is, would you like a link from a DR70 plus website or something like that? I don't know if you've ever see, received an email like this, but I've seen it a few times. Recently. I don't think so. Um, Not yet, at least. <laughs> yeah, I bet, honestly, I bet, I bet you start seeing it. And I've noticed some agencies are starting to do it. Um, so what they're doing is obviously they've got access to this website and they're offering it. That's the link bait. And so someone sees that, they run it through HREFs, they've got traffic, they've got the high DR, but it's just crappy content and probably will crash at some stage. Um, but then that's how they get in the guest post because then they send a link from there. Um, and that's how, that's how they get their foot in the door basically. So, but like I say, the way around that is, you know, if you, if you are doing guest posts, you can offer other guest posts potentially, or, um, or even just, you know, it, it might even be like a network of people that you you end up getting to know where if they're in a similar sort of space trying to do a similar thing, it's just like, you know, just say every now and then is all right if I get someone, if you link to someone and then I'll make sure that I find you a link somewhere else and, and things like that. 
I think the guy that mm-hmm. you would say it was that Adam Enfroy. Yes, it was. Enfroy. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Another thing that he says as well, I think what he, cause his uh, growth was insane in that at the start, but he found people basically doing the same thing. So they were, they were reaching out as well. And any guest post he would write, he would link back to his own website and his friend's website who was doing the outreach as well. And any time they did a guest post, they were linked back to his website and their website. So it's like doubling your efforts. And mm-hmm. if you get three or four of you doing that, it means every guest post that you do, you're, you're potentially getting like four links from different sources in it. And so that's how it can like snowball a little bit. Um, yeah. If you can network with people or have multiple sites, yeah, then but- yeah, that does give you the option of being able to do those three-way exchanges without doing a direct exchange. Yeah. Um, that is that is helpful, but uh, no, that yeah, that, that definitely was um, was 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 Adam on that one. He's like a backlinking like god over there, man. He just <laughs> he, yeah. he's, he's a machine. Again, no, I just think people are kind of like cottoning on to that kind of outreach that he he's he sort of does, um, which is very similar to what I was just suggesting there. To be fair, um, but yeah, no, I think the the other really successful way that I've I've been able to get links and guest posts and things like that here and there. It's just kind of like what you say is reaching out to people like on social media rather than getting yeah. on a little bit and um, particularly like your own existing network. If there's someone that you already know, it's just like, hey, have you got a website in this kind of space that because quite often people will have like five or six websites for something and they're mm-hmm. happy to accept the guest post on some of them and or do a link and particularly if you already have a bit of a relationship with them, then it can make it much easier. Um, but yeah, obviously that's easier said than done because when you first start and you, you probably don't know hardly anyone, but you just be amazed that when you're just doing this sort of stuff and you're in the Facebook groups, you'll just start whenever you see someone that posts something that kind of resonates with you, you know, just hop onto messenger and just say, Hey, I saw this and just speak to them. You, you don't have to ask for anything straight away. Yeah. Six months down the line, that per- you might have figured out that person has a couple of websites that are decent and that might come back. You know, you might be able to help them. They might be able to help you. And it's always, always thinking about how can you help other people all the time. So if you lead with value, you know, so it, for another thing that I have done as well is send people links from my guest posts and then say, Hey, I've just mm-hmm. sent you like links from these five different websites. Hope that helps. And that's it. I like, just leave it as that. And they're all, every time they're always like, that's amazing. Is there anything I can do for you? Like, you know, what, how, you know, how can I help? And it's, you know, it's, maybe it's a bit deliberate, but it's not, it's not solely deliberate. Like, quite a lot of the time they are people that I quite like anyway. And I just want to see if I can help that you know when i say is there any article have you got any articles that you're particularly trying to push i'm happy to make sure i can try and fit them in naturally whenever they come up so just trying to do those things as much as possible um i mean if you're already getting guest posts then it's not really too much extra work you you just rather than only putting a link back to your own website you just see can i link to my friend's website as well um mm-hmm. Just start making friends, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Get from behind the computer. So you think I have to actually go out and make friends with people? Uh, yeah. <laughs> crazy. Nah, no, I found a little bit of success with that as well. Like one thing I've been doing recently is um, if I find a site that I like that I would like to get a link from, 
I'll either maybe send them like a screenshot of a link that I was responsible for and that's pointing to them. It's like, hey, here's a screenshot of it right here. Here's your link right here, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. You know, and, and like you said, they'll respond, but man, appreciate it. Thank you so much. What can I do for you? And he's like, hi, ah, got you. You know, <laughs> that's the part right there. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I found because someone did that to me. They sent me a screenshot of my link on the site no. and that saved me the time of having to go dig it up in Ahrefs, right? And I was like, okay, well, it's, it's actually, it's helpful. <laughs> so let me go ahead and yeah. go for it. Um, yeah. You know, another thing that I've been doing too is if you look in, uh, you know, if you're in Ahrefs, you look at the outbound links report. And if you're trying to vet a site, if you see that the outbound links for that site is just going to a whole bunch of, you know, really crappy sites and here that and the other, it makes it a lot easier than trying to guess if whether or not that site is legit. Uh yeah. And that you actually want a link from them. Um, but I think with the new plan, I think you need the $199 one in order to see that report yeah. on HRS, which is just kind of nuts. But um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I think we have like maybe eight or nine different quality metrics that we go through. So we still just do the outreach as normal. And then it's only mm-hmm. when you get in the negotiation phase, if it's like, right, this we might be able to get a link from them. Then we put it through like our quality checker. And so it has things mm-hmm. like, domain rating traffic um i think we have like how english speaking website um yeah whether there's been a drop of traffic um how many categories they've got because typically link farms have like 50 everything yeah yeah if it's only on gardening then that's like one to four categories or something um just those kind of things and we just run it through and again like outbound links are there any going to like cbd casino i think they're some of the main ones there's some some others but adult adult ones yeah and then yeah so we just run all that turns out a formula and it's like if it gets over 70 percent, it's a pass if it's not then it's a fail sort of thing and it just makes it a bit more um objective rather than trying to have to guess and it also means as well though that we'll take We'll take guest posts and links on DR five sites, whereas mm-hmm. we'll reject DR eighty sites. And it's like it's really changed the way that um, myself and the guys that are helping to to do this, it's changed the way that we think of where we're getting links from because um, it's not it's not just about DR, which is what most people will look at. Is just you know, how much authority does a tool say that they have, which is only a tiny fraction of it. Yeah. I, I tell people like the DR or a DA or whatever, it's kind of like the temperature, right? Why do I, why does do, you know, stateside people use Fahrenheit and everywhere else they use Celsius? <laughs> I mean, they, they're just measurements, right? That doesn't mean very much of anything. It can be 70 degrees Fahrenheit outside, but it might feel like 50, right? So you have to dig a little deeper, go outside and actually feel what it feels like to know how to dress that day. And it's kind of the same thing with this DR and DA. It, this can give you a little bit of a snapshot of yeah. what, you know, the service says that it is. But until you dive deeper into it and look to see how it's getting that number, you'll never know. If you just look at that surface level, you're going to end up going outside and freezing to death. You know? <laughs> so uh, you have to look at it subjectively that way um, if you want it to work right. But look, man, I, I know I've we've gone over, gone a little bit over, so I do apologize for that. But, man, it was a great conversation. Um, where can people keep up with you? Um, yeah, make time online is still still going, but probably Facebook is the best place to 
to, to reach out to me just because I'm in a few groups and things. I try, like I say, I've, I've tried to avoid all social media and like, I don't have Instagram and TikTok or anything like that on my phone anymore. It's just, everything's just gone unless it's for a productivity basis. But I am looking to expand a bit more on, on socials and stuff over the next year or so. Um, With the personal brand or the niche brand? The niche, yeah. The, yeah. the niche site, gotcha. Yeah. Makes sense, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of, niche slash personal I guess. well it's, it's not really <laughs> at all at the minute but i'm thinking of getting a bit more into youtube and i mean I, I just think it's too hard to outsource youtube like at the start it is i think that you you just the energy and the time that you put into it is very hard to get someone else or expect anyone else to to do the same um but i think eventually you could probably do it like if you if you it's got to be like, slow Proceed, yeah, if you have like a structure and stuff like that, you could eventually, you know, I don't know, like, maybe. Like you brought up niche pursuits, right? And you would think a podcast is one of the hardest things to outsource, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, after a while, what you do is, you know, Spencer was doing it forever. And then he had Jared on as a as a guest. And then he had Jared on as a guest again a few months later. And all of a sudden he was doing it together with Jared for a few episodes. And then eventually he just gave it to Jared. And then at the end of the day, Jared is a much better interviewer than Spencer is, you know? <laughs> yeah. So but yeah, that's what I was going to say is that I'm, I'm in no way delusional enough to think I am going to be the best person on YouTube. <laughs> I know I'm not, I know I won't be, but it's like, I, I am going to be, I just, putting the time and the effort that is needed to, to get it up and running. Um, because that's, that's something as well that I didn't share is that in June, as in like next month, I'll be going back to the UK and just going full time with this. So it's like, I will now be in a position where I'll have more time to do that creative side of things. And those other things where it's not as easy to do when you're in a full time job and got kids and other stuff. No, man, it's, yeah, I remember those days. That's I mean, I, I'm still there to be honest because he's <laughs> only six right now. But when he was really young, it was very easy to kind of do stuff around him because he couldn't do anything, right? Yeah. But as soon as he comes home from school now, it's like immediately I almost got to drop what I'm doing because he wants to do stuff, yeah, and yeah. it's tough because I'm like I'm in the middle of something, you know. <laughs> but you don't want to. I don't want to miss out on these years, which is the whole point of why I started this whole thing in the, to begin with. So I, um, I was just I was literally just planning out my day. I was like, when I go back to England, because I it's I know it's gonna be so easy to just fall into any old habit and any old routine. I was like, I want to actually go with it as a bit of a plan. But thinking is I want to try and get up as early as I can and get like four or five hours of like solid work before other people are waking up and you know, before that hectic school run time <laughs> and stuff like that. So yeah, you know, maybe four hours, like try and get some good work in there. Then, you know, can help do the school run and then come back, maybe do a workout, then maybe like do a few more hours of work and then, you know, try and time it around when the kids are going to be around and things like that. And so, because exactly like you say, I know for a fact when Lila comes back, well, she'll be at nursery next year, but when she comes back, there's no way I'm going to be able to just be like, nope, I'm just in the middle of doing something. Now. I'm gonna, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I found success with uh, with batching a lot of stuff, Mike. So, like, um, for example, you are actually my third interview today. No, <laughs> so but by doing that, I'm going to be able to schedule stuff out and I won't have to worry about the podcast for like 
you know, hopefully a month or two, you know, and if I can get it as done as far in advance as possible, then that makes the process a lot easier. So, uh, yeah, it's not, I mean, it takes planning and before you can do it a little willy nilly and just, okay, I'll get to it when I can, or I just wake up a little later or wake up a little earlier, go to bed a little later, whatever. But like, like you mentioned, man, once, once kids gets involved, it does make it a lot, a lot difficult. And I always tell myself, like, he's not going to want to, play with me when he's 15 you know he's gonna, he's gonna <laughs> want to hang out with his friends so exactly. i need to take advantage of it now <laughs> gotta cherish it i mean you got to. yeah exactly well look man thanks so much for being on this was amazing and uh i do appreciate your time cheers chris